There is such a belief that we have to stay positive no matter what. Good vibes and positive quotations on the coffee mugs. No matter what, you're supposed to stay positive. And you're supposed to think positive thoughts. It's called toxic positivity. And it's being recognized as a problem more and more, especially in the workspace, because it invalidates our feelings, means it invalidates at least half of the emotions we experience. In episode number 11, we talked why it doesn't work. But what about practicing gratitude? Can it be toxic too? Let's talk about it. Last week, I talked about using 50-50 principle as a tool to bring awareness about what actually goes well in our lives. One of the ways it's been done in practice is by journaling or talking about your gratitude, which is a beautiful practice. And judging by the number of gratitude journals offered on Amazon.com, it is well spread. These days, the kids are taught at schools how to be grateful, usually before Thanksgiving. And it is very cute to see a bunch of little humans reading what they are grateful for in front of their peers and parents. Usually, they are grateful to their parents for taking care of them and providing food for them. They are grateful for their sports, dogs, teachers, friends, Lego sets, and cupcakes. As grown-ups, we continue this practice. We express our gratitude for the people in our lives, for our relationships, careers, and all the good things. Even better, we let the people in our lives know what we appreciate about them. You know, those small things we can easily take for granted. For example, my husband turns on the coffee machine in the morning, so by the time I am up, it's ready to make coffee. It's a small thing, really. And it doesn't take much effort to do. I may not even want to have coffee in the morning, but having that coffee maker on and ready for me makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. This is what I am grateful for, and I want to make sure my husband knows that. Recently, I had a conversation with a client who was dreading going back to work after the summer vacation. The dread was about returning to the stress and difficult situations that the work involves. So on the way to work, my client recited what they were grateful for to bring up their spirits. They were grateful for the work itself and the team of the people they were working with. They were grateful for the clients they were helping and for the financial security that this job provides. But it didn't make going to work any more exciting. If we are doing everything right, meaning practicing gratitude, why doesn't it make it feel any better? Let's have a closer look. What is common in the list of being grateful for parents taking care of us and providing food, sports, dogs, teachers, friends, legacies, cupcakes, the work, the team, the clients? Do you see anything? All those items on the list of being grateful for are external in relation to the person who expresses the gratitude. 
we are grateful for something that happened outside of us, or it happened to us, or it exists by itself. But what about us? In the same way as when we hold others responsible for our undesirable emotions and give the power away to those others for how we feel, we disempower ourselves when we are grateful for external matters only. For example, my 93-year-old father-in-law pretty much lost his ability to understand what is appropriate and what is not. Sometimes he makes extremely inappropriate comments about nurses and in-home helpers who are taking care of him. It is embarrassing. It's embarrassing to witness and it's frustrating that he cannot understand what's wrong with his comments. If in those instances I tell myself it would be so much easier or I would feel so much better if he didn't act that way, I will put him in charge of how I feel. If he misbehaves, I feel bad. If he behaves well, then I feel good. I have him in control of how I feel. Now let's look at being grateful. Being grateful is on the feel-good side of the whole emotional spectrum. Pretty much the opposite of feeling frustrated. We turn to it very often when we want to find something to feel better. If I am grateful for all the amazing people I work with, it means I'm feeling good because I have these people in my life. Being grateful for the support from my family means I'm feeling good because my family supports me. Which also means that my family enables me to feel good. I need their support to feel good. It is not exactly true. Yes, I want and need my family's support. It's extremely important for me and I appreciate it a lot. But I don't need it to feel good and be happy. My happiness is my own responsibility. Again, being grateful by itself is a great feeling and it is important to express our gratitude to other people in our lives. And it's equally important not to give all the power for our own feelings away. How? Remember to be grateful for yourself, your achievements, your skills, and your talents first. Yes, it can be hard, especially if you are not used to appreciate yourself and or you were taught to believe it's a bad taste to say anything good about yourself. Let's try it anyway. What are your own achievements and accomplishments? In your personal life, in your professional life, anywhere. What have you done well so as a result something got better in your life? It doesn't have to be something big and life-changing. It can involve other people in your life. It can be anything as long as you are the actor, 
the enabler, the force behind it, even if it is turning on the coffee maker in the morning. Here are my examples. By the way, I never say I am grateful for being my mother's sole caregiver. I don't see there is anything to be grateful for the traumatic experience that resulted in complex PTSD. So when someone tells me I should be grateful for the privilege of taking care of my mother at the end of her life, I let it roll off my back as if I didn't hear it. However, I am grateful for getting the skills and setting up the routines for my mother so that after almost two years of being paralyzed in bed, she didn't have a single bed sore. If you have had experience of taking care of the bedridden patients, you know that it's actually a huge achievement. I am grateful I was able to provide care for her so that she lived the last of her years and days and died in dignity. I am grateful I took time to heal after that experience and then looked back at what has happened and found ways to use it to provide emotional support for other caregivers. You see what I do here? I am grateful for what I have done. I am the one who made and continues to make a difference. When I am aware I have the power to change something, it boosts my self-confidence. And I don't see myself as a helpless victim of the life circumstances that happen to me anymore. I can make things happen too. You don't have to pretend the bad things don't happen. You can both acknowledge them and be grateful for how you are handling them. This piece of what you're doing, how you're handling situation is extremely important. For example, my father-in-law behavior is embarrassing. And I am grateful I am able to stay calm and collected in those situations. And speaking of the coffee maker, I am grateful for my husband getting it ready for me in the morning. And I am grateful I have chosen him to be my partner in life. This is how I detoxify my gratitude from toxic positivity. Here is what I want to offer you today. In your daily gratitudes, start with yourself. What are you grateful for in yourself? And then, whatever you're grateful for that is outside of you, other people, events, circumstances, add the gratitude for your own contribution to it and see how it makes you feel. Thank you for being with me. If you find this episode helpful, please share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it or leave a five-star review on the platform where you listen to the podcast. This will help more caregivers to find it and they will be very grateful for you. I am Master Coach Irina Ishenko, and I will talk to you next week.